I'm glad you're here today. Um, it's not going to be uh, part of uh, what Pastor Ian was teaching on end times and the lesson that he was doing. He said he'd take a little break from it. I was, I was blessed and honored when he asked me to do this. So he said, Pete, said you could do what you want. Uh, my only thing was he said, you, gotta, you just got to stay on time. I got a long list of do's and don'ts, but I didn't get them from Pastor Keith. I didn't get them from Pastor Ian. I got them from Becky. So <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a whole video that went along with this. I did not dress myself today. Becky did. So um, my, 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 if, if, you, if you wanted to know what I was going to wear, it goes along with the sermon. And the sermon is humanly perception and a heavenly perspective. And what I mean by that is, how, do, how, do, how does your perception, how do you see people? And if you see me like this, you say, okay, well, Pete dressed nice today. No, Becky dressed Pete today. <laughs> I was going to have on sweats and a pair of Alabama shorts over it. And I have a t-shirt that has all my grandkids' handprints all over it. That's, that's who I am. If you, if you want to know what I am and who I am, that, that's who I am. I want to be comfortable. I like to watch Alabama football, and, and, and I like my grandkids to be all over me. Um, like I said, you see me, you see us during the praise and worship that, you know, like I said, we have an awesome worship team, but this, this, this kind of means touchdown. It's Alabama football thing, it, you know. <laughs> anyway, we had an Auburn fan and a Kentucky fan in the first service, so we kind of had to give them a hard time. It was, you know, what do you want? But you see, you, you, there you go. We had... We had different people with different points of views on it. So, so how do you see people? How do you, how do you talk to people? Because whether you know it or not, you are not only witnesses for Christ. Like I said earlier, we are ambassadors for Christ. So how do you take a humanly perception and change it into a heavenly perspective? First of all, let me establish the difference. Perception is your understanding and or interpretation of people, situations, and the world around you. It's your mental impression. Perspective, on the other hand, is the angle you are looking from. It's your point of view. Um, our, our perception, a humanly perception, we already see enough of that every day, every time we walk out of the house, every time we go to work, every time we see the news. We see the humanly perception that goes on. So how do we turn that into a heavenly perspective? Well, Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you don't know God's will is good and pleasing and perfect for you, read Jeremiah 29.11. Read it and, and meditate on it and pray about it. So, well, you might ask, yeah, Pete, what's, what's the big deal about a, you know, the way I see things or the perception that I have? What's wrong with it? I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong. Please don't misunderstand me. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. We are to reach the lost and the broken, the hurting, the busted, and the disgusted. At the same time, you are part of a body of believers, and we have our good days and our bad days too. You know, please don't think I'm perfect by, by any means. I did not grow up in church. And it wasn't that we were against it or my family was were atheist or anything like that. I'm just saying we didn't grow up in church and I had a large family growing up. But 
So I didn't know. I saw people at church, and I saw people in church, and they're dressed nice, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're normal people. They're not, you know, they're not fussing and fighting. And, you know, I, I was the youngest of four boys. It's not like we sat around and talked about our feelings when things got out of hand. You know, we fought. But you see these people, and you say, well, I, I can't go to church. They're perfect. I, I got to be perfect to go to church. I, I got to be right before I get there. I got to act right. Listen, that's not how God wants it to be. So when we look at others, when we look at ourselves, I want to ask you, how do you see others? How do you think others see you? Because whether you know it or not, whether you ask for it or not, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're going to be picked apart. This world doesn't want you. They, wanna, they, they, they don't want to see you as God sees you. So when you say, listen, I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and someone may know me from back in my past, they're like, okay. But that's the cool thing about it. That's where God teaches us, and he says, you, you, you have to tell somebody, listen, this is what I was, this is what God did for me, and this is who I am now. What you see... It's not just some guy dressed by his wife who, who's, who's, who's up here trying not to put you to sleep. What you see is someone who's been bought and paid for with the highest of ransoms. Just like you. Exactly like you. I am loved by the king of kings. Just like you. I am simply a child of God. Just like you. And more importantly, I have the ability, I have the task, I have the obligation to tell someone else. So when you see somebody else, how do you see them? We've all done it before. You see somebody and within the first, first 60 seconds, I, I forget the analogy uh, proper, but within the first 60 seconds, you start evaluating someone that you've just met. You start to see that person or you size them up. I know I did, especially back in the day. But you start to evaluate that person. Who are they? How they, you know. And everyone does it. So if you, have a, if you take a humanly perception and you want to change it to a heavenly perspective, you can read 2 Corinthians 5.16. And it says, so we have stopped evaluating others. From a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. That's what we're supposed to do. My, you, you, let me tell you about my, what, I, what I was. Let me tell you about who I am. And it's only because of Jesus. That's it. Everybody's story is different. Everybody has different pains and different talents and different skill sets. Many, many times we talk about the pain that we go through in this life. But listen, we have unspeakable joy. Now, people want to know, oh, why are you so happy? Tell them. Tell them. Explain to them that God saved you and made you who you are, and then show it. Sometimes it's not that easy to show. Because we still have that humanly perception with us. We always will. People evaluate each other all the time. At our jobs, when we first meet, 
and throughout our relationships, whether you know that or not, Becky and I have been married almost 30 years. We're still, we're still evaluating each other. It's like, listen, he's going to do this one more time. Or I'm going to say, she's not going to cook for me, and I'm, 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 I'm not going to lose my cool this time. But if you don't know, if you don't know, I, I like to eat. I like to eat. Because when you evaluate somebody else, you're already compartmentalizing them. You're already putting them into a perspective that's based on the wrong things. You use a heavenly perception, and that'll change. Because I'm going to tell you something. The one thing that is the same about everyone is that we are different. That's it. We are all different because we're all created by God. We're meant to be different. These differences are what make us unique. Those differences are ways that you can find your gifts that God gave you and use them. Sometimes our differences create disagreements. If you don't think that's true, turn on the news. Just because someone disagrees with you does not mean they're your enemy. I don't care if it's, if it's an election. I don't care if it's your football team. I, it doesn't matter. Differences do not make, disagreements do not make somebody your enemy. You're not going to be able to save anyone if you tell them how much they're sinning. You are going to be able to help save someone if you tell them that Jesus loves you. My favorite author, one of my favorite authors said that God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. I love Max Lucado. Another one of my favorite authors. How do, you, how do you want to be seen by people? You want to claim to be a Christian and act like Christ. You want to do these things because another one of my favorite authors. I saw him on video. He said, how do you pray? Do you pray to be blessed? Or do you pray to be a blessing to others? Now, like I said, humanly, humanly perspective and a heavenly perception, that favorite author can be seen all the time. He was on TV last night. It was Nick Saban. So he said it. I, 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 I promise. It's on YouTube. I, I was just like, whoa. He said, how do you pray? Do you want to be blessed or do you want to be a blessing to others? I'm like, Becky. Yeah, she's. She's like, yes, Pete, I know. Calm down. Because you see, when you look at people from God's point of view, you can see these disagreements are opportunities to see a different perspective. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of perspective where someone says, well, Jesus wasn't really a savior. He's not really God. He was, he was uh, just a guy. Well, no, no, I'm not talking about the debate about my Savior. If you're, if you're wondering who my Savior is, read, read the Bible. It's in this book. That's not the kind of differences and different disagreements I'm talking about. Because when we see someone else and we, we talk with them or we meet somebody else, and, and many times people are hurt. They're hurting. And you want to tell them and lead them to Christ. 
They have human eyes. They have human eyes and you have a heavenly perspective. So you have to talk like Jesus. Job 10.4. And the next one, it says, do you have human eyes? Do you see as a man sees? How do you see things? How do you see, how do you see it when you read your Bible? How do you see it when you see that lost and broken person? How do you see that alcoholic or that drug addict? How do you see that abuser? How do you see that person that you know needs Jesus? Look at the, look at the uh, uh, version that it says. ICB. I, if you don't know what that means, that's the International Children's Bible. I underlined that and I thought, that is so cool. Can you see it through a child's eyes? What if you read God's word through, child eye, through, through children's eyes? Think about that. And you could tell that to the next person. Because you see, we meet new people, and if we use a humanly perception, we could miss an opportunity to be a witness for Christ. When we learn something new in Christ, our heavenly perspective is changed for the better. If you remember Ian's sermon last week uh, about end times, and he was reading about the Antichrist and how he deceives the, he's going to deceive the world, I don't know about you, but I've, I've read Revelations, you know, and, and several times, and I, you know, and I've I always thought about, I thought, well, you know, how's all this going to happen? Well, it's simple. We're not going to be here. We will be called up in Christ in the twinkling of an eye. We won't be here. God's church won't be here during the tribulation, and that made more sense. All this time. It put a different perspective on it. It put a heavenly perspective on what I knew, or I thought I knew. And I thought to myself, and I thought, see, that, I love coming to church and, and, and learning new things. I love my pastor. Because we must set aside our humanly perceptions to allow heaven's perspective to be at the forefront of what we say and do. This, is, this not only applies to the lost but hurting believers as well. We have unspeakable joy. Act like it. We hurt, and we're not perfect. So when we end up in those situations, go to that person. You may see that person, and that applies to believers in our church. If there's believers in your church, and maybe, ah, well, you know, they're kind of going through a hard, they look, they look a little rough, or maybe they... they They've lost somebody, the pain of a, of a divorce or something of that matter. Maybe they're going through financial struggle. Maybe they're going through something you have no idea about. I'm not saying you need to know what they're dealing with. I'm telling you, you need to go to them and say, I'm sorry, I love you, and I can pray for you. That's what you're supposed to do. You may not know. You can tell them, I, I don't know how to help you in this situation, but I know the one who does. I may not be able to help you lead you to Christ, but I know the one who does. I know the one who can save you, and it ain't me. I know because he did the same for me. So when you do that, you're a witness. So what does it mean to be a witness? You can be a witness, you can be an ambassador. A witness is just simply what it sounds like, what you would think in court. You tell 
the truth. Jesus is the truth. So you tell them about Jesus. All of us have a story. All of us have our different, for lack of a better word, levels of pain. We have highs and we have lows. Don't you know that the God who holds us in our pain is the same one who celebrates the good times with us? There is no in-between. He doesn't change. He's not different. So we tell other people that. That's, for lack of a better word again, our job. We have to reach the lost and the broken. We also have to be on point with other believers. Hey, how you doing? Ah, what's the matter? I'm just having a bad day. Hey, all of us still have a bad day. Sometimes if you go to work, you just have a bad day. <laughs> Everybody has those days. Everyone wants to celebrate the good times. Someone may not want to talk about the bad times. It's okay. You can pray for them. You can pray with them. And then you'd be amazed at the differences that we spoke about. The differences between you and I. That you can use those differences and those experiences and say, this is what God told me to do. It may not apply to you. This is how I ended up in this situation. Let's pray about it. You can be who God has called you to be. I promise. It may not happen overnight. Sometimes it takes 15 years. That was a, that was a joke. That was a private joke. But when you use the gifts that God has given you, because you are different, I am different, we're all different, and we've done this before. We've done this when, when we did the yard sale. We did this when we did the, 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 the bouncy houses outside. And other people came up. They're checking us out. They want to know what's it about. What's, what's your church about? What do you guys like? Listen, I want to tell you, and I am biased because I love my church. I have never been around a group of believers who have been less judgmental and more forgiving and more open and more honest. That's why I go to church here. It ain't just because it's in my community. This is why I go to church here. There's plenty of churches. And I'm not saying nothing against other churches. This is just where God told me to be. So I'm doing what God told me to do. It's where I want to be. So I can just kind of sit here and hang out? I don't think so. If you rest on your laurels, if you just sit back, and it's, it's the same, it's a lesson we got tonight on, at CR, then you, you, you can't rest. You take a breath, that's about it. You've got work to do. You've got work to do. You've got to be who God called you to be because someone somewhere is waiting for you to use the gift that God gave you. You are exactly where you need to be. Like I said, God loves you the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He's going to change you. He's going to shape you. He's going to make you better.
Now, like I said, I can't tell you every scenario, but when you take away your humanly perception and you change it into a heavenly perspective, you will be able to see folks as God sees them. If you've ever heard uh, Pastor John Purcell come up, we have him for CR. Oh, man, if, if, if you guys ever hear that Pastor John's coming, you guys come up. He, he prophesies over. He is on fire. Awesome, awesome man of God. Anyway, um, he told us, he, I loved what he said. He said, God does not see you like people see you. He sees your end game. He sees who you are, who you're supposed to be and who you're going to be. He doesn't see what the world, the world may see a broken down alcoholic, drug addict, abuser, whatever the case may be. God does not see that. Because of Christ, he sees us at our end game. I, I, I love that. I mean, like I said, you, you just got to hear Pastor John do it. I, I don't do it justice. I don't do it justice the way he says it. But anyway, you have to. You have been given that task because you have been given that gift. And each gift, every one of you will use it differently. Because you've changed your perspective to match that of heaven. To see people the way Jesus sees people. Could you imagine if Jesus ever looked at us with a humanly perception? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the freedom that we do have. Galatians 5.13 says it. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For you have been called. I have been called. Doesn't say, well, just this half of the room. Just the front row. Just the media people. You. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Use your freedom to serve one another. We say it a lot in Celebrate Recovery. If you want to keep what you have, give it away. If you want to keep the peace of God in you, give it to someone else. If you want to keep the joy that you have, give that joy to someone else. My counselor that uh, I was in uh, rehab with, he always told me, he said, you ever heard the term good for nothing? Yeah, I heard that a lot. <laughs> you know. He said, shorten it. Be good for nothing. Be good with no expectations. Do something good without expecting something in return. Be good for nothing. You can help somebody else. It doesn't matter if you're shy. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you feel inadequate, if you can't do something. I can't sing. I'm not lying. <laughs> One of my grandkids. <laughs> anyway, I can't sing. But don't think I won't hang around with Shondor when he's singing, or, or I hang around somebody who, or I'll be around Teresa when she sings. So that way you won't hear me. My daughter can sing. My daughter-in-law can sing. I, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but because if you don't, you'll miss an opportunity to help that next person. Somebody helped us. Somebody helped you. Somebody helped me. 
You're going to miss that opportunity. And God is going to give you so many opportunities in this life. You may have an opportunity to share joy with somebody or experience that joy. I got to see someone win. I love it when God wins. I love it when I get to see it. You may be able to help someone and share that, carry that burden with them too when it's painful. They may in turn do the same for you. So don't think that your perception, your humanly perception, dominates your heavenly perspective. It's like anything else. You just have to be trained to use it differently. And I know there's no um, sermon notes. There's no sermon notes. But we do have a quiz. <laughs> now, it, we did this quiz at Celebrate Recovery one night. If you were there, don't give away the answers. I, I, it, uh, nah. The people online never heard it. And I promise you, there's some folks that aren't heard it. All right. They're going to be on their phones. They're going to be tweeting this. Listen, I'm going to, if, if that's what you want to do, hey, go for it. I'm going to tell you a truth. I'm going to tell you a lie. And I'm going to tell you an opinion. I want you to tell me what you think is which. I won't do it in any specific order. But, but just using your humanly perception or heavenly perspective, which one are you going to use? The first one, number one. We had a lot of fun doing this at Seal. <laughs> number one. Have you ever, everybody know what a fountain drink is? You go in the McDonald's or, or, or the gas station and you get the ice and you get the, so I love those Dr. Peppers. Those are the best Dr. Peppers in the world. Anyway, you go in there, you get the, you get the ice. And as you know, you're getting ice, you watch and you'll get about a teaspoon to a tablespoon of water in it with the ice. I don't know if it was McDonald's, Burger King. Anyway, a lot of the places started doing that. I thought it was just no big deal. No, they started doing that. They, they calculated they could save between $300 to $600 a year so you don't get an extra tablespoon of soda, the syrup. So if you're wondering why your drink's watered down, you know. So they, it's all about the money, of course, right? All right, now, number two. Uh, we have one or two. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd, so... Just bear with me. We have uh, Land Rovers on Mars right now. Little bitty robots with wheels. They're riding around. You know, they're taking pictures. They're taking samples. And they're doing all this stuff. If they found a single cell organism right now, the headlines would read, we found what on Mars? Life. But yet there still seems to be a debate. Unfortunately, there's still a debate whether or not life starts at the moment of conception or the moment of birth. So, life on Mars, conception, birth, you know, that's, that's, that's tricky. That's tough. And number three, and I, I have to say this, I'm going to apologize ahead of time, but hey, church is, church is a church of confession, right? We confess things in church. Many of you may know Jackie and Kevin Wade. If you don't know Jackie and Kevin Wade, I urge you to get out more because if you go to Liberty Church and you don't know Jackie and Kevin Wade, there's something wrong. But they are dear sweet friends of ours, and I, and, and I use that term 
They're, they're, they're more the gifts God gave us than what I can say. But I, I, have to, I have to be honest. I have to be honest about this. Anyway, sometimes, anytime that we can, um, as much as we can, we like to go over and hang out on the back porch with a six-pack and a half-gallon at Jackie and Kevin's house on a weekend sometimes. I don't know if your silence means anything or if everyone, everyone's tweeting. Listen, if you're tweeting that at home, you, you, you might want to hold up. Just, just wait. So I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think? It, fountain drink, life on Mars, or Jackie and Kevin and Becky and I hanging out with a six-pack and a half-gallon? Number one is the fountain drink. What do you think that is? Just shout it out. What do you think? It's the truth, a lie, or an opinion? You think that's an opinion? You guys have done this before, haven't you? No, that's wrong. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's a lie. It's a bold-faced lie. I just made that up. Hey, ice melts. You know, ice melts. What do you want? It sounded good, though, didn't it? Number two, life on Mars. Is it the truth, a lie, or an opinion? That would be an opinion. Unfortunately, it is still an opinion in this day and age. We as believers know the difference. But unfortunately, it's still debated. There's still abortion clinics, and, and, and that's, still, that's still going on. There's still debate about that. We know that, that the moment that life is created, it's life. So wait a minute. So we got a lie. We got an opinion. That means that... The last one's the truth about Jackie and Kevin and me and Becky having a six-pack and a half gallon? Yeah. yeah, that's the truth because one thing we love to do is go hang out at their house with a six-pack of root beer and a half gallon of ice cream and have root beer floats at their house on the weekend. So, so, so I'm sorry, that's the truth. But did you, what perspective did you see that from? Now, if I hadn't added Kevin and Jackie, you might have thought, yeah, Pete, Becky, we could see you guys doing that. <laughs> You guys need to go to CR more. But that's the truth. That is the truth. You, you see things as you hear them. You hear, you, you hear about the ice and the, and the soda, and you hear all these statistics, and well, it's got to be the truth. they got statistics. Listen, it's very easy. You don't have to look for the lies. All you have to do is look for the truth. The truth is the easiest thing. It's in this book. It is the word of God. Your opinion is an opinion. Opinions can be changed. The truth does not change at all. Romans 3.24 says this. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. So when you see someone, or if you yourself still has trouble or is in pain or still thinks, I'm, I'm, I'm just not exactly right with God. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to play some music and we're going to ask you to come up. But I want you to understand you are exactly where you need to be. If you 
see things through a humanly perspective and you want it changed to a heavenly perception. I said that backwards, didn't I? Heavenly, a human perception, a heavenly perspective. Yeah, I said that right. Then all you need to do is start talking to Jesus. Start talking to Jesus and let him do what he wants to do in your life. I promise you, you cannot go wrong doing that. I've went wrong doing it my way for so long. But when you stop and you change that perspective, God, I'm going to let you show me what to do. Heavenly Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me, and teach me. More often than not, when I don't try to take it back from him, I'm all right. I end up with, I like to say sometimes early on, I had a, a Rubik's Cube faith. Now, I don't know about you guys, but so you've got a Rubik's Cube. You're going to jumble it all up. You get all the colors mixed up, and you, can't, you can only get like one or two sides right. So what do you do? You take it to your dad. Dad, will you fix this? Take it to your father. All right. Once he gets it fixed, once my father got it fixed, what did I do? Okay, I want it back. <laughs> give it back. Give it back. That was how I handled my faith in my life. You've got it fixed, God. All right, give it back. Well, how did it get messed up in the first place? I didn't leave it with him. Your life is not yours, but he wants you to experience all the joy and everything that comes with it. It's probably one of the best guarantees you'll ever get. But if you still struggle with that, if you still don't know, or if you want to be prepared for when you run into that person, whether it's at the grocery store, it's at work or at home, and you want them to be able to feel comfortable or to talk about Jesus, you'd be surprised how many people will openly come to you. This world's looking for a Savior. It ain't us. But we know the one who is. Then I urge you, Pray, read your Bible, come to church. Ask God to reveal to you what he wants you to do. I did. I did and he told me exactly what he wanted me to do. And I didn't say this in the first service, but I will tell you this. When you ask God, what do you want me to do? What's my purpose? What's my calling? What do you want me to do to help somebody else? I don't know what it is for you. God will give you that word. He did me. All I did was ask. Ask him what it is for you. I don't know what it is for you. My children are sitting in front of me. I, I don't know what it is. I know God wants something special for them but I don't know what it is. That's between them and God. So I asked God, and it was right before when they said, hey, Pete, we need you to pastor CR. Okay. A long time ago, I asked God, and I said, do you, do, you, do you want me to do something like this? 15 years ago, I asked him. He said, you can speak, but you cannot lead. 
You get told something by God, and it's that clear, and it's like, got it. No problem. So I say, God, do you, do you, do you want me to do this? They're asking me to do this. You tell me. What do you, what do you want me to do, God? You'll, you'll hear me say it. Pete, will you do da-da-da? Let me pray about it. Whatever God says do, I'm, I'm cool with that. And he said, read. This is not in your notes, by the way. He said, read Romans 1.12. It says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. God said you are to be the encourager. You are to be there and help those folks because the pain that you've walked through in your life and the joy and the happiness and where you're at now is what you are to encourage people about. This is what I want you to do right now. This is your purpose right now. I said, yes, sir. When we get together, not if. It's just like fasting. Not when, if you fast, but when you fast. It's like praying. Not when you, if you pray, but if, I'm sorry, not if you pray, but when you pray. When we get together. I don't know. I can only tell you that God has a purpose for you in your life on this earth. Don't waste it. Don't miss it. Do whatever it is. But you got to ask him. He wants to have that conversation with you because he wants that relationship with you. He wants you. And it's as simple as that. He wants you to be that witness, to be that ambassador, to talk to that next person. If we could get the lights turned on and the music on. If you want to know more from Jesus, not, not from the guy standing up here. But if you want to know more from Jesus, if you want to know what that purpose is, it's as simple as carrying on that conversation with him, asking. It might make you a little uncomfortable, but God's not going to put you in a position to fail. He never does. He will ask you. He will talk to you. He will comfort you. He'll laugh with you. And his heart will break with you when, you, when, you're, when, you, when yours does. But more importantly, he just wants you. It's that easy. So if we could, let's bow our heads and we'll pray. Please, please don't wait for an invitation to this altar. This altar is always open. I cannot close what God has opened. If you want to come up and pray and do business with God, if you want someone to pray with you, I'll pray with you. If you feel like you want that percep perception changed and you want that perspective from God and you want to start and you want to do it here. Do it at the altar. Do it at his altar. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, Father, and we thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, send us, send us into it what you want us to do. Send us out. Let us be who you've called us to be. Let us be the willing ambassadors you've created us to. Let us show the joy 
and let us share the heartache. So that one day, when we stand in front of you, you can say the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. We ask all these things, not just for our benefit, but for your honor and your glory in Jesus' name.